Welcome to We're Talking. We have an opinion about everything, and it means absolutely nothing. Now, here are your hosts, the rocket surgeon and the brain scientist, but we're not sure who's who. Craig Malasa and Josh Jacno, they're talking. Welcome to We're Talking tonight. We're with Mike Hammett, voice of the ULM Warhawks, and Jay Walker, voice of the Raging Cajuns. Welcome, guys. Thank Thanks. you very much. <laughs> Jeez. This is not Night Calls or whatever that show was on USA Network. Oh, gosh. Hi, Delilah. I'm here. I yeah, wanted yeah, to send yeah, out. Yeah, uh, no. uh, you see, this is what I told you, right. Mike. We're not, we, we do everything. So. so does he, okay? You know, see, what a lot of folks don't realize is Mike not only handles women's basketball and baseball for ULM, he's also the assistant SID, okay? Oh, yeah. So he pulls double duty up there in Monroe. He's the hottest working man in show business. <laughs> Something well, like that anyway, so yeah. It keeps, uh, you know, makes my wife a little unhappy sometimes, but you know what, hey, it's fun. I enjoy doing both parts of it, but you know, be nice to get out of that some point on the SID side of it. Broadcasting's number one. So. Oh well, good. Uh, yeah, as you, as everyone's still here, we're still at the baseball game. This, it's uh, this your third year doing baseball. Third year. Third yes. year, yeah. Okay. So uh, great. Hopefully, they're paying you for both jobs. Uh, yes, they are. I'm getting paid for both. That's uh, that's the great thing. Is baseball game nights I get my check from Learfield for doing the game but then I also am still getting paid from the university for writing the game notes and okay. doing all that. So you, you, you are yeah. officially the SID that's here also ULM yes, didn't sell, send anyone else? I, no it's just me so you know okay. yeah so the broadcaster and the SID share a hotel room here for, for ULM. So, that, yeah. That's 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 awesome <laughs> I, I like I like that you're spending the state's monies widely right. <laughs> but, but the question becomes though do you get two uh, two uh, uh, per diem checks. Do you get to double down on food? No, I don't. Not that. But yeah, they they've got a fine line they walk that uh, Learfield yeah. like covers my hotel room, so like that's not coming out oh. of the state. And so there's different things that they split okay. it up nicely anyway. Okay, I I didn't mean to no, get no, into no, all that. I'm sorry. Into a big ethics discussion now, but yeah, they've got it all. They did all the red tape. I just uh, accepted the job. So yeah, they took care of all that. So as you can hear, there's a baseball game going in the background. We're up on the second level of the stadium. Uh, App State is uh, uh, batting in the bottom of the third with two on and two out. So uh, it's Texas State, App State, nothing, nothing at this point. So let's talk baseball. I know uh, wasn't the best day for ULM. Uh, uh, I, I not much I can say about that. And uh, but but I. All right, guys, the ball's coming our way. Everybody move. But. Oh, I, you know, I know it was a disappointing thing today. Of course, you still have one more game, and it's an important game because yes. if you win it, you clinch a winning season. Correct. And ULM hadn't had one of those in, in a while. Yeah, and that, that's what I put on the game recap because I'm the person who has to put together the score graphic at the end of the game and come up with something, some tagline or something to throw out there. And I said, we play for a winning season Friday night against Georgia Southern. And so a lot of teams, they lose that first game in this tournament this year. You lose that one and, and you're done if you're not one of the top two seeds. So uh, that's the significance for ULM. There is something on the line Friday night. And I don't know that for a lot of other teams, there is something to try to bounce back. For. And I think for a lot of teams, that may not mean a whole lot, okay? But for ULM, it does. You know, 
Look, anyone who's been around the program, the last three years especially, understands the job that Coach Federico's doing there. And, you know, I think that they've earned the respect now of everybody in the Sun Belt. They scrap, they make you play nine innings. Uh, they, they've got, they seem to have a great camaraderie there because it doesn't, it, they play like they never feel like they're out of a game. I, I just love what he's done there. And I, uh, look, being a, a, a baseball fan, I want this league to do well. I want these teams to do well. And ULM's just gotten so much better. Coach Fed deserves all the credit. Yeah, he's done a fantastic job. And really, when you think about it, you know, to go from he, these guys that are the COVID seniors, the second-year seniors, were part of the first class he brought in. I mean, it's that's what it goes through is you look at those guys came in basically with Fed saying, here's my name, here's my resume, here's what my vision is for the program. And they bought in. And it's the Ryan Hummingyucks, it's the Logan Worms. It, it's, uh, you know, the guys like that have been mainstays of this program over the last three or four years. And it's going to be hard to lose those guys. But when you talk about a winning season, they know this program won 12 games and they signed on the dotted line and said, I'm coming to Monroe, Louisiana. They know it's a big deal to go out there and try to get that clinch a winning season and leave this program in a much better place than where they found it. Sorry about the train again. It seems like <laughs> when we're not recording, there's no train. It's like it's like we're the train whistle. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I have much much more respect, I guess. Uh, ULM, I thought uh, I could see the camaraderie on the field before the game started. It, uh, the guys hugging each other. It was just it was one of those things you could tell they genuinely like like each other, and that doesn't always happen with a team that's a, a 500 ball club. But, but, but I, I think ULM's got a bright future, and I think it is good for the league. And I hope, I don't know that we will, but if it's an opportunity that we're both good, that, 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 that those midweek games, if there's a chance to, besides the conference game, to get in some good RPI games, hopefully. Yeah. But both teams have to be better for that to happen. So I know Mike Federico has said he wants to keep that midweek going, that non-conference going, because... You look, there's other places they do that. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, you know, there's other schools that do that type of thing. And he's open to that. He thinks it's fantastic. We'd like to get maybe something else going with that as far as, like, you know, some sort of trophy or something, something anyway, something to play for in that game. And, you know, that's – I think it's so big to have this program going. I think it's not just good for ULM. It's good for the state. It's good for the entire state because – yeah, LSU does their thing. You guys do your thing. But just to have another program yep. in there that's making noise and doing big things, uh, it's only positives can come from it for the state of Louisiana and college baseball. You know, I Mike, I've heard, uh, you know, I've heard you do some play-by-play -play both for women's basketball and, and for baseball. Um, we've chatted many times before games. We even had a little bourbon together uh, <laughs> last night. But I... I really don't know a whole lot about you before you came to ULM. Mm -hmm. What were you doing before you joined the Warhawks? I've been in radio for 10 plus years. Uh, started out, if you go all the way back, uh, I started out uh, in Hayes, Kansas. I'm a Fort Hayes State University grad, so D2 guy. And, uh, what engineering program? Is it engineering now? No. no. <laughs> I did communications out yeah, but, there. But, oh, but Fort it, Hayes? Yeah. I don't know if they got engineering out there. Or okay. Not, but yeah. I might be thinking somewhere. No. Sorry. 
Now they're a party school, so okay. yeah, but yeah, you know, it's a it's a good school. I enjoyed my time there. Worked for uh, got to know a great play-by-play guy by the name of Gerard Weldrock that does Fort Hayes State University, and he kind of took me under his wing a little bit. Did sideline for them my first couple of years out of college, and got to do some high school games. Moved on to Kansas Wesleyan University in Salina. Did football, men's and women's basketball there for five years, and then southwestern oklahoma state for the last two years before i came to louisiana doing football men's and women's basketball so you said southwestern oklahoma southwestern oklahoma my yes. brother teaches at southeastern that's why it kind of uh, yeah, that, yeah. southeastern oklahoma state so. yeah now when i've been through durant many many times okay but yeah so no I, I was out in weatherford for two years and then came here and been here for three years now Second year that I've had my family with me. My first year they were still in Oklahoma, so making that trip back and forth as much as I could. And uh, it's nice to be settled in anyway and find a little bit of a home right now up in Monroe. And uh, we actually live up more in Sterlington than Monroe, but you know it's a nice place to be right now, even though we're 12 hours from where home is. But uh, hey, it's not bad. Hey, but you got your family, and that that yeah. means a lot. And uh, I know I I did that traveling for 20 years before moving back to Louisiana. And I'm sure you'll get home eventually, but who knows? Maybe for you, home is Monroe. So it's wherever. I mean, that's my thing. I'm looking for that next football job. That, that's what I want to okay. lead play by play job somewhere. So I want to be a Jay Walker somewhere. I want to be, you know, the guy that's calling all the football games, men's basketball, baseball, doing everything. That's, that's what I'm looking for. You know, and the fact that UOM has a relationship with Learfield will probably help you get that at some yes. point in time because when when they're they're looking for 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 people well it's not like you have to say you know hey uh i don't know if you know me but here because they will have known you and they, they'll know your capabilities and that may help you down the road and i hope it does yeah and that was a big draw to take this job was to get my foot in the door with learfield because I've been scratching and clawing for over 10 years to get to Division One. That's been the dream. That's been the goal. And you know, uh, Nick White stepped away from baseball to make this a more attractive position. If it was just a women's basketball job, I don't know that I would have even thrown my name in for it. But sure. because it had baseball as part of it, hey, that's why I'm here. That's I'm here to call not only baseball but women's basketball too. But uh, you know, that's that was such a big part of the job, and it just opens up so many doors to try to get that next step and move on. But you, you know, you, you mentioned football, but we all know that baseball is the real only real sport. That's there right. Is. And but but something has to yeah. pay for food during the winter, right? That's right. You know, <laughs> and, and see, that's the thing is, I keep looking at it, and there's some jobs out there that it's only football and men's basketball. But yeah. In my mind, I want a job that's got baseball to it. I, I love college baseball. I, I think football, baseball would be the ideal job, mm -hmm. but uh, men's basketball or women's basketball moves way too quick for me. It's fun. I, I like the women's game. It's not not that bad, but, yep. uh, you know, it, it's also not part of those main high-level jobs. So, you know, I, I don't mind it. I love any sport I call. It, it's a lot of fun to follow those teams. I love getting to know the players, whether it's the, the young ladies on the women's basketball team or the young men on our baseball team. It's, it's fun to get to know them. It keeps me young as I'm getting older and older and you know, realizing some of the things that they're into and they're they're doing, and I'm going, oh, I'm, that, yeah. it makes me feel old sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Brooks Donald Williams is trying to get that women's basketball program mm -hmm. going, and they didn't win very many games this year, but they've gotten to the point too, where they're making you play four quarters, and they were right. a very very young team this year. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that when we uh, when we went to Monroe, that 
I remember the Cajuns actually trailed in that game in the fourth quarter before coming back to win. And, and I saw um, Coach after the game, and, and I said, Coach, your girls play hard. And, uh, and I said, one day you're going to get rewarded for it. And, and, and she thanked me. But I was, uh, you know, she, did, she had some, some really nice success uh, over at McNeese when she was the head coach there. And, and you know, women's basketball hasn't been good in a long t for a long time at ULM. But folks remember when they were a nationally respected yes. program, and um, you know perhaps they can uh, get to the point where they can contend in our league, and, uh, and I hope they do. Um, you know, Easter weekend when we uh, went up to Monroe, I think it was almost kind of at the last minute they decided to also do the games on ESPN Plus because mm -hmm. originally those games weren't scheduled to be. And so suddenly you're having to do a simulcast yeah. for both radio and television. Now that's nothing. That is something I've never done for baseball. So when when they threw that at you at the last minute, <laughs> did anything change for for how you prepared or how you delivered the game? You know, I do when I do ESPN Plus, and I even did Plus as an analyst for the football game when you guys came up to Monroe this last fall. Where my title is as, you know, Associate Director of Athletic Communications or whatever fancy thing they throw at me there. I'm so worried about coming across as biased for the Warhawks because it's an ESPN production. I want to sound like I know both teams well. I want to make it sound balanced. And so on the radio, I'm a little over the top for the Warhawks sometimes. I'm the voice of ULM Baseball. You I mean, be. yeah, it's the Warhawk Radio Network. But when I was on Plus, I drew it back in a little bit more on those simulcasts. I wasn't as over the top. I mean, yeah, I probably hit it with a little more punch on a, a big play for the Warhawks and a big play for someone else. But to be fair, there's really not much of a punch on a big play for somebody else on the radio. And there was a little bit of one on TV. So... Uh, the biggest thing was I just had to hit a cough button every time I did a read because the reads can't go out on ESPN+. Plus. Oh, that's interesting. So I interesting. just held my cough button down, did my read on the radio, so it was just the ambient noise on Plus. It's uh, then let go of that, and then we were back at it. They so. didn't go to a commercial break or whatever they do uh, there offer the feed? or No, he had, he had during reads during, reads. during, during no, the... Oh, during... Oh, yeah. yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Like, like I have a few of those right. every game myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Well, I, I apologize. This has been the longest train of the day. And also, the whiniest, I mean, you hear metal scraping metal. If you want train sounds, hey, come to come to Montgomery, because this is, I mean, for a while it was awesome, but this train is obnoxious. This so. reminds me of growing up. We, I can, call, we can call it the Craig train. Yes. <laughs> I grew up a half block from the railroad tracks in Marysville, Kansas. And we had about 60 trains a day, and we were right by the yard. We were a stopping point on the Union Pacific. So, yeah, this this is my soundtrack in my childhood right you here. You know, not this whining noise, but the, the, the sound of a train going through on a – it's one of those things kind of like rain on a tin roof. Yeah. It helps you sleep, yeah. but not this whiny-ass <laughs> stuff. I mean, my God, if I wanted that, I would get married. <laughs> So, this is soothing to me. It takes me back, though. <laughs> so now, now the train's gone, and we can get back to the sounds of the ballpark. So, but, uh, so, what what is the team as far as uh, I, I think it's 
I didn't realize that you were playing for a, a winning season or a 500 season. So you definitely have something to play with. I think that's great. What is the team, though? Is the makeup of the team? Is it is it seniors? Is it juniors? It's coming. Are there a lot of freshmen? I noticed this year, and, and because of COVID, mm -hmm. that there are a lot of seniors, but then teams have a lot of freshmen also. So yeah, yeah it's a, I think we had nine players that they honored for senior day. Not all of them are necessarily senior by eligibility this year because of that extra year. It's They did honor a few guys who have been around for two or three seasons, whatever it may be, and would have been seniors this year but are ready to move on with their lives okay. or do something else. So uh, they did honor about nine guys. So they're going to lose a good chunk. A lot of them are... You know, Landon Longsworth, the guy who's been so key out of the bullpen. Ryan Humanyuk started every game that he has been at ULM. Like, there's some guys that'll hurt, but there's also a, a young core that I know they're maybe concerned. Uh, you know, they look at maybe losing a couple guys here and there if they move on, want to you know go somewhere else, or maybe get picked up professionally. I don't know that the draft's going to be a big thing for us, but could be some guys because just because you're a junior, you're also 21, 22 yep. now, and so. They We've may, got several sophomores yeah. that way this year. Yeah, they may sign a contract as a free agent and go. Well, so that's you know, what we're looking it, at. It is, it is so different this year when you start talking about, first of all, seniors who are exhausting their eligibility, and then folks who have degrees but have eligibility. You know, the Cajuns, for instance, had only four seniors, but they had 12 graduates and, and even had a fourth-year sophomore who got his degree, who is, uh, who by the way, uh, today was awarded one of the Sunbelt Conference post, uh, postgraduate scholarships. Um, Alex Haney also had a, uh, a soccer player uh, get one as well. But, you know, you look at a roster and, and you know, your fans will look at rosters and they'll say, well, this guy's coming back, this guy's coming mm -hmm. back. But not all of them will. Correct. Because some of them have their degree, they're ready to go start their lives. You know, you can't the, gra the graduate transfer is something that the Cajuns took advantage of this year with Drake Osborne. And they could they could also lose players like that. ULM mm -hmm. could also. Yeah. So, you know, really, until the coaches have the exit interviews with the players, none of us are going to know what we have coming back next year. And that's the thing is Mike Federico, like we've talked about, has built this culture at ULM. That, that, that it's a family. You saw that you guys talked about it. You could see how much they care about each other and everything. And I think that's why the, the COVID guys came back, the guys like Humminyuk, Worm, and, and all those. And I, I forget some of them, you know, just off yep. the top of my head. But they came back to not only win, but just because of that culture and the, the family atmosphere that's been created. And I think you're going to see the same thing for ULM, I, I hope, anyway. I think they've kind of bought in a little more this year. And see a lot of those guys come back, give it one more ride, and, and see what can happen. So, uh, you know, I'm interested to see what that fall roster looks like when it comes out in August and see who's back, see who maybe decided to move on. And I'll be watching the portal like everyone else to see who's out there. But uh, this is uh, – it's going to be a wild off season. It's a change. It's not just baseball. It's all of college athletics with that one-time transfer. It's going to be the Wild West, and, and the transfer portal is everything now. So I'm, yeah. I'm hoping after five years – Three or three to five years that it slows down a little bit, and guys realize everybody's thinking it's going to be greener on the other side, but it's always not. So I'm hoping it settles down. Uh, but uh, let's let's go in a little bit different direction here. 
I know we had a conversation about some of your uniforms. <laughs> I mean, and, and I was shown a picture. I don't know if you showed it to me or if it was Colin or Danny of the, of the basketball uniforms. Yeah. But no offense, but th those were ugly. The, the, the P-40s is what we're talking about. Yeah. The, the designed after the uh, the P-40 aircraft in World War II. Which, which the I, Warhawks, yeah, and that's where the name comes from. Which yeah. I love. Right. I, I really do. Right. Yeah, they, they just, uh, I, I don't know, it was poorly executed on the men's basketball ones, if you've seen those. Uh, they tried to put a little camo on there. It didn't yep. turn out right. Uh, I'll leave it at that. But, yep. you know. I know you're not a fan of the baseball ones. I think the baseball ones I know. have been the most well-received, I think, among our fan base. And, and they're very polarizing. People either love them or hate them. Well, let me put it this way. I only saw them on TV. Okay. Maybe if I saw them up close. Maybe. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to give you the benefit of the yeah. doubt because you're telling me they look nice. And, you know... I, it's also where I'm at, too, though. Yeah. I don't mean, think that plays a role no. into it, but I think they're done well. They, they're like that metal gray, so it's kind of a greenish gray. And they instead of rivets, where the rivets would be on the plane, because they tried to design it like the body of the plane. Okay. And so we're, instead of rivets, they're little Warhawk heads, a little Warhawk head logo on there. They're a little, little miniature, okay? But then they've got the shark eyes and the shark teeth that are on the front of those planes that are on the shoulders. Now, I did like and that so, on the shoulders. I yeah. thought that was okay, but the little Warhawk things, I yeah. Yeah, that, that was a little too far for me, too, to be honest. But overall, you can't see them from when you're in the stands. So you're, you're far away. It's just a little detail on the jersey. So. It, okay, so that's yeah. that's all right. I probably need to yeah. maybe maybe uh, next year when they come to Lafayette, uh, we'll see that. It's their Sunday thing. That's, that's what they do now is every Sunday they wear those P-40s. They've got a special meaning. Coach Mike Federico is telling me that his grandmother during World War II, that I believe he told me he never met this grandmother either, but she was one of them that would help sew up those planes when they were damaged okay. in the war and came back. And so she worked on the P-40 Warhawks. So he's like, that's that's his connection to it anyway. And so. All right, well, yeah. then I am going to stop talking. Yeah. About <laughs> I can just sh aren't go you, ahead and just make you, me feel like aren't crap. You, aren't you haunt yeah. now? I am haunt. <laughs> okay, you know, Gosh. today, in the three games that were played today, we had 16, 15, and 15 runs scored. We're going to the fifth inning here, and it's scoreless between App State and Texas State. So, you know, it, maybe maybe we're actually going to have one low-scoring game this evening. It, but it really needs to be 0-0 zero, zero, or 1-1 one, one going into the 14th. <laughs> no, but uh, let's talk about... Uh, You've been there a while now, and I'm, mm -hmm. you've probably seen some changes on the campus itself. Mm -hmm. I know for the football stadium, they, they did some things. I think uh, they took away part of the Grove, or if not all of it, right. for, a, for an academic building. They What they did is uh, they took out most of the Grove. The Pecan Grove still exists, but they took out what was known as the Grove, and put it's a parking lot now for... VCOM, which is the medical school uh, that came onto campus. Yes. And so I, I'm thankful for VCOM for one, though, because that's where my wife is employed. So that was okay. part of She had another job first when she came down, but now this is a much more stable job for her. It makes her happy. So I'm thankful they're there. It's sad the Grove went. I was there for one year of the Grove. I loved it. Yep. Uh, but it's it's taken some adjusting. It's set up a new RV lot for our, for our fans. It's a new, nice parking lot for suite holders and whatnot, things like that. And we still have the Pecan Grove that gives you that old feel of walking through with the trees and everything and, and great tailgate area and all that. So 
it's different. People hate change. I get it, but you know what? Be you have to do that if you want that money coming to in, To have though. the med school come in. Yeah. I, yeah, ULM needed that for sure. I, um, what's, the, what's the reaction in the community been to the hiring of Terry Bowden? I think most people love it. It's, you know, whether wins and losses, we'll see what comes of it, but it's generated a buzz around the program again, and that's something that had went away, really. I mean, just it kind of gone stale a little bit, and people are excited, I mean, not just for Coach Bowden, but for Rich Rodriguez as well, to have him there and, and have him walking around the building. That uh, When people go out in the community and, and see those guys, I mean, it's it's excitement everywhere. Uh, they're going around the state right now doing some different things, getting out, meeting alums, basically reconnecting oh. with the school. And, yeah, that'll, that, well, that's not going to help with your guys' shutout right there, the old error. Did he get – oh, oh, he dropped the ball. Yeah. But I, I think the, the reaction's been good, and, and now it's – Really what it is, it's ULM's opportunity to build on something exciting with the alumni and the fans and try to get something going. So with the, the medical school coming in and, and, the, and, the, and the upgrades there with that, it, is there any talk on campus with, with Bowden or any, with, with any, I guess any upgrades to any of the other facility, athletic facilities more so? Because we're talking yeah. athletics. They, they still are kind of planning some of that to a degree. I don't know how much is for release or anything, right. but they... You know, they have some ideas. I know baseball's trying to work on getting some upgrades to Warhawk Field that are much needed after, you know, especially with, with what you guys have in Lafayette yep. and, and what happened down the road in Ruston. There yep. was a bad situation that turned into a, a great thing with their stadium. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a much Similar to Magnese, but they wanted yeah. to put that stupid blue turf in. Right. <laughs> yeah. It, it, every, I mean, we need an upgrade, too, and we haven't, we haven't had it. A disaster that has necessitated it, and and you know I'm not trying to make no. light of that. No, but, no, but it, it's health because it, it, I don't think it, the new stadium would have happened at Tech without no. that tornado, and no. the upgrades at McNeese wouldn't have happened without the hurricane. So, you know what? It's uh, it's time for something to happen at ULM too, just to keep up with everybody else. Well, you know the the Tech situation is interesting because this year they have a very good ball club, mm -hmm. and there was talk of them hosting a regional, which they would not have been in that conversation without the new stadium either. Correct. They may have been a number one seed but they might have had to go somewhere else. Well, that, the, the tournament would still be in Biloxi if it, if it weren't for the fact that they built that ballpark. Oh. I'd... Because they because that's where Conference USA had been playing their tournament. Okay. Had been in Biloxi. And, but they decided with the new stadium to go ahead and highlight that and put it in Ruston this year. Had it not been for that, they'd probably still be in Biloxi. Very interesting. I know lots of people wanted to be uh, in, in the Sun Belt were kind of disappointed that the tournaments here in Montgomery, but quite honestly, I think the ball field is in great shape. Everything is in walking distance. It's it's a clean city. It's fun, and I don't think we get the weather that we would have gotten along the coast. Yeah, I, I I have to tell you, this ballpark is amazing. I agree. Right, it is amazing, and it's got it's got some quirks to it. Um, you know, obviously with the tournament when they don't have huge crowds so they only have one concession stand open but if you walk around the park and see their points of sale that they have throughout the place they've got a great merchandise store here for the biscuits and very nice young lady and 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 the other the other thing is and, and unfortunately it's not open but they do have a kiosk that sells biscuits well, I think that needs to at least for Saturday's game or Friday's game, one of those two games, everybody should be able to enjoy a biscuit 
even if it's just open to where they they cook 500 biscuits and hand them out to the team and the, and the guys that are coming through. I but, didn't know it was closed. Now my breakfast plans are shot for tomorrow. Yeah, I, I was going to sleep well, in. Well, so. now, now, now. They'll, they'll, they'll have, they'll have uh, something up here. Although we don't play, nobody plays till 11 o'clock. Right, now. I was just going to sleep in and come over. Yeah. Well, I, well, you can't. <laughs> I mean, you can't have lunch here. Yeah. Uh, no, it, uh, it I, I, I love this ballpark. And, you know, we're in the, uh, the media hospitality area which is on the second level where the suites are, but all the way down the left field line. This is a great place to watch the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, the media hospitality surprised me the most. I didn't know it was here and set up the way it is until I got here about two and a half hours before our game today. And I was in the hotel room working away on stuff. I got here and saw this and I was like, well, if I would have known this, I would have been here at 845 this morning and just done everything up here. Well, you know so, what, um, what Matt Stoltz at Arkansas State did? These suites have been open. Oh. And so he, he said, well, nobody's in this one. So he sat in the suite, did his work, did his pregame work here, and, <laughs> and, and was ready to go when the, when the booth became available. So it, well, this, is, this, is, this ballpark's tremendous. I'm glad the tournament is here. I really am. I, I did the math when they first announced it, uh, the tournament being here. I did the math, and it truly is the, the center of the Sun Belt. I mean... If you look at the average distance, this is it. And, and for teams like Texas State, no matter where they play, first of all, unless they play in San Marcos, which is a beautiful ballpark in itself, uh, they're going to have to travel a long way because UTA is, let's face it, they're not going to host a tournament there. It's either us, South Alabama, Georgia Southern. Georgia State is not going to host it. Coastal hosts it. But again, how far does Texas State have to go? And the nice part about it, the two Texas teams played in Georgia this past weekend. They came straight from Georgia to here and spent a couple extra days here. So it makes sense financially. Uh, and you're not wearing your team out traveling all over the country. And it, I think everyone is able to bus here. Uh, now, whether uh, whether Coastal did or not, I think is... Uh, yeah, Coastal did. And, and they um, now, under normal circumstances, if Texas State had closed the season at home, right. would they have bust here? I don't know. San Marcos to Montgomery is a pretty good stretch. It is. Um, that would have been probably about 10 and a half, 11 hours. Yeah. So I don't know. But, but your point is good about the fact that this is about as central a location as you're going to find for this league. And... Um, I, I remember that was a selling point when they were talking about putting the tournament at a neutral site, you know, a decade ago. It wound up in Hot Springs, but the other place that really wanted it was Huntsville, uh, north of Birmingham. And so, um, and, the, and the selling point was it was kind of in the middle of the conference and Montgomery even more so. But this is, I, I'm really glad the tournament's here. This ballpark is great. And, um, it, it's a little quirky, the playing surface, a little quirky as far as dimensions are concerned. But, um, no, I'm glad it's here. You know, you, you talked about the central location and everything. And if, 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 if Texas State would have been playing at home, I'm sure they would have flown. They probably would have. It's a quick uh, jump to Dallas, and then uh, uh, then American flies in here. So, hey, oh, no, just a long out. Uh, so, it, but they would have probably done like what we did for Coastal. Flew out to Coastal, then bus back for the tournament. Because you never in the tournament, you never know when you're going home. So yeah, that was a fun one two years ago to fly out to Coastal and then that long drive back to Myrtle Beach. Uh, oh, 
the only thing I will say about that is I got to bed about 5.30 in the morning before driving back. Uh, not a fun ride back. I had to stop once I crossed the Alabama state line and find a hotel. And, and I went to bed about 7.30 that night and got up the next morning and drove the rest of the way in. I think so. that's the one that pushed our bus driver into retirement. He retired shortly after that. So he, having to deal with those baseball guys for – you know, most of that trip, he got to sub out. You know, like around Birmingham or yep. Tuscaloosa or somewhere. But yeah, that was that was about it for him, I think. Was that one of Saints' last trip, CJ? Yeah, it was Saints' last trip. Yeah. Rest in peace, brother. So let's talk Major League Baseball. I've got sure. two guys here now. Uh, I, I'm a Reds fan. Jay's a Dodgers fan. Right. Everyone knows that that's listened to his broadcast for five minutes. And so I guess you're. I'm going to say, okay, are you a Royals fan, a Cardinals fan, or either? Who's your team? I'm a Royals fan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, growing up, I didn't really follow them all that much because, let's face it, they were bad when when I was growing up, uh, you know. And I really, I kind of got in ground floor. The day Dayton Moore was hired is the day I was like, okay, I'm in. I, I believe, I like the hire of Dayton Moore. is familiar with his background in Atlanta. And so I was like, okay, I'm in. And followed them all the way up from drafting Moustakis and Hosmer and guys like that. And, uh, got to with my position uh, in radio I had credentials for the 2014 and 2015 playoffs World Series all that in Kansas City so that must have been fun it was pretty cool best moment of my career was going in 2014 ALDS after game three they swept the Angels at home we had a clubhouse pass so I got to go into the clubhouse in the champagne celebration in the middle of all of that had a cork hit my foot I scooped that sucker up. It's in my office to this day, the cork I got from the ALDS celebration. Jay, he goes from the ALDS celebration to the Sunbelt Conference tournament. (laughs) This man is moving up in the world, I'm telling you. Before you know it, I mean, I think we've got got room for him. He he can be commissioner of baseball. (laughs) So I'm sorry. It was fun. I mean, that was such a fun experience. And there's a lot of late nights, uh, you know, in Kansas City, turn around and have to go do morning sports back two and a half hours west of Kansas City, out in the middle of Kansas in Salina, and then go back to Kansas City the next night for a game because, you know, they wouldn't spring for a hotel room for us. But, you know, it it was a lot of fun, great experience. And I I miss those days of radio. There's a lot of parts of radio I don't miss whatsoever. I enjoy just being play-by-play and doing a coach's show and being on the periphery of it, you know, still do the fun part of it, but not have to sit through all the meetings and everything like that. I'm good. I don't need to be back in a radio station. Radio uh, has definitely changed from uh, days gone by, and I don't think for the better, but at the same time, we, we all move on and mourn. So... Tell everybody where they can listen to you and your, your next game, uh, what's going on there, where, where, where they can hear you. Uh, if they want to listen to you, call the game. Uh, you have Georgia Southern, uh, 7 o'clock Friday night. So the best, whew. easiest place to listen is KMLB.com. So that's, okay. that's the easiest place to do it. So uh, going to have a lot of – I think I'm going to have some fun with it, uh, you know, it's hard for me to, you know, even though it's the last game of the season, it's hard to just mail it in. So it's been a nice season for the Warhawks. A lot of benchmark moments to beat Ole Miss, take two or three from TCU, to get a win over Oklahoma State at Globe Life Field. I mean, 
it's going to be a lot of reflection on that, reflection on the careers of some of these players. Getting a win in Lafayette, I'll throw that in there too. But you know, it's a uh, there, there's a doesn't lot of come very moments. often, so I understand. Right. No, I'm joking. No, it, it, but it's true. It's a moment though for Coach Fed and his program, and I think that's my approach. I'm taking Friday is not so much the X's and O's and what's happening, but it's going to just be kind of a celebration of the season. I was going to wrap this up, but you, you brought up the TCU series, and I realized we didn't even talk about that at all. Right. Can you talk about what it was like to be watching a game with a no-hitter going in to the bottom <laughs> of the ninth? I mean, no, seriously. I mean, uh, I, know. I know. I know it, it but I, we're all following it on our phone, right. I think, and because I think we're out in the in the parking lot. Uh, or I might, I don't know, but, but my point being is, what was that like? Because I've never, uh, I, I, I've seen some games, but I, I think the closest I've come was when Connor Cook last weekend went seven and two thirds or something, you know, seven and a third innings. But what was that like to go nine, nine and two thirds innings? Eight, eight, yeah. Oh, eight. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, got it down to the final out. It was, it was just crazy because Cam Barlow, the starting pitcher that night, going in, I had run his numbers, and at home this year. He's incredible. He only has like a 1.94 ERA at home. On the road, he had like a 10.2 ERA or something. I mean, the, the split is incredible. He threw five innings to start that night. The wind was blowing in and helped him out, just got some pop flies. My stomach was in knots going to that ninth inning because I knew the moment. I was just trying to stay and just relay what was happening on the field, not get too much into it, not have something scripted, just let's deliver what's going on. and Not looking yeah. for that final out no, call and going, ah. No, not really. Carson Orton comes in and gives up that base hit and breaks it up, and then in the same play, Trace Henry throws the guy out at home to win the game. I mean, it was wild. It was fun. It was disappointing and exhilarating all in the same moment there to, to lose the no-hitter but to get the win in that fashion as well. That was uh, that was something else. So really really one of those wild world of sports moments where you have the ecstasy and the agony <laughs> all within. You know, it's like, ah, it's like, yeah. And I thought, too, to be fair, that ball left the bat and I saw it get through. They had runners on second and third. My thought was this game's tied because it was four, they had scored two runs without a hit that yeah. inning. And my thought was, it's tied. They're going to score two here. And then to have them thrown out at home. I mean, that's that. my call, I feel like it was surprised because I was like, oh, we got, you know, you got a chance to get them. And, and sure enough, they got them. So. Well, I know it had to be exciting to not only be there, but for, for the program. I thought two huge victories uh, on the road. I mean, TCU, we saw that, uh, which I thought was one of the best college atmospheres. All right, another high pop up. But the. Uh, what TCU did, I think, the week before against Texas, yeah, or two weeks before. Yeah, and, and you know, the week before, they, they had had a great series with Texas. And then you guys went in there and beat them, and then they lost the series this past weekend. Mm -hmm. D1 baseball now no longer has them as a top eight national seed. See the problems that you caused? That's right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Now our only hope is that Georgia Southern wins tomorrow and to maybe give them some down for Saturday. But, hey, uh, I, you know, I, that's what I love about Coach Fed's club is, you know, I haven't even had a chance to go see them or be around them yet, but I just I feel good that they'll be ready to go Friday and give it their all for nine innings because they care about each other, they care about this program, and just leave it all out on the field here uh, Friday night. Well, thank you both for coming on. I appreciate it, and uh, if you're around – the rest of the week, I'm, I'll probably be set up here all week, and, and we can just walk, watch games kind of like we're doing and talk a little baseball some more. This was fun, Mike. Thank you so much. Uh, 
Uh, good luck to you guys uh, uh, and you personally. I hope you get that football job one day. Uh, it, it's been fun. I, I enjoy it. Uh, uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So, uh, for We're Talking, I'm Craig Malawson. We're signing out for tonight. Uh, might be time for a bourbon. So, catch us tomorrow. Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, uh, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it, share it, put it in your podcast, broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due.